Okay, let's get started. Parshas Vayera, Tavshin Ayin Vav. And we start off with the beginning. Vayera Elav Hashem Be'elonei Mamre. Hashem appears to Avraham, Elonei Mamre. Avraham has gotten his brismila. He has brought brismila into the world. The final mitzvah, so to speak. We know Avraham Avinu did all the mitzvahs before they were commanded, except for Mila, which he waited to be commanded. And he fulfilled at the end of last week's parsha. He is sick. And Hashem appears to him, and Avram is sitting, Pesach HaOel Kachom Hayom. The Bepharshim already point out, and maybe this is what bothers Rashi, it does not say here anything that HaKadosh Baruch Hu said. Hashem comes, and that's it. Vayerei Lav Hashem, right as Uncle says, Ve'iskele Le Hashem, Hashem appeared. Usually when Hashem appears to somebody, he says something. Here he doesn't say anything, he just appears, says Rashi. He appeared for a different reason. He came to do Biker Cholim. As the Gemara says at the end of the first parak in Mesecha Sota, we have to be like Hashem in four ways. Just like he buries the dead by Moshe Rabbeinu, so too we have to bury the dead. Just like he was Malbush Arumim, he clothed the naked by Adam and Chava, so too we do. Just like he was Menachim Avelim by Yitzchak, so too we and just like he visited the sick by Avram Avinu, so too we. See, the Biker Cholim. The Svarno, though, has a different shot in terms of why HaKadosh Baruch Hu came. And it's a basic Yesod that we will see has to do with Bris Mila. Says the Svarno in Surah Summer 1. Vayera Elav Hashem Be'elonei Mamre. Kisham Nimol Avraham Az. There Avram Avinu was Nimol. V'chal beiso nimolu ito. And the whole, whole house, his whole family, received rismila. Sham hofia hakel yisbarach shchinaso la'amod ba'bris. Says the Svarno, every time you have a bris, you have a covenant, you need two sides to the agreement. A bris is never one-sided. The bris ben abasarim, as we saw in last week's parasha, where it was two-sided. It was... Avram Avinu and a Kaddish Baruch Kaviyachol when the fire went through the between the halves of the of the animals. But a bris is always two sided. Says the Svarno, Hakadosh Baruch Hu came to the bris because it was a bris. What is bris mila if not a covenant between man and the Kaddish Baruch Hu? That's why he came because the Hashchina always comes to comes to every bris. Shamo fia hakel yisbarach dinasol amol bris kemishpat lechol karse bris. Whenever anybody strikes an agreement, you have to be there. Ke'inyan, like the Pasuk says at the end of the Torah, Atem nitzavim ayom kolchem, all of Am Yisrael are standing there, v'chulu lo'avracha bivris. Uke'inyan, v'yichros, l'vnei Hashem, v'yamad kolam v'bris, v'chulu. Whenever there's a covenant, you have to have both sides there. V'nira la'avram she'yemuchan mikulam lo'osa hamara. And that's why, why only Avraham, not everybody else there? Because he was a representative. He was the representative of all the Britot that took place that day. So, HaKadosh Baruch Hu appears to him. But the root of the appearance, not Pikir Cholim, like, uh, like Rashi says. But it was because HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes to a bris milah. Because this is the agreement that we have. You are being Moser Nefesh for me, and this is, this is my uh, presence. V'chein, and then he adds, this is also fascinating insight into another story in the Torah, which we don't always think about in this way. V'chein inyan, on line 9, Hashem. 
when Moshe Rabbeinu, on his way back to Mitzrayim, and he had his two boys. And there's a somewhat of a mysterious story there. There's a snake that swallows him up halfway. The son, Chasan Damim Lamulos, and Sipora saves the day and does Brismila. What's Hakadosh Baruch Hu doing there? Brismila. By Brismila, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, his presence is felt. Shalonirisham Ladaber and Moshe. Also there, he didn't come to tell Moshe anything. Right, that the between between us, this brismila will be between us. Hashem says that's the magic of the first brismila, or one of the first, as we discussed last week. Avraham might not have been the first, but one of the first, and every bris since then. And then the Svarno even adds, "Vuulai bishvil Maybe this is the reason. Right, we think Kisei Shalal They were doing Kisei Shalal at least 700 years ago in the times of the Svarno. They also had a Kisei Shalal Why? Why? So there's one shot that we mentioned in the past why Elio Navi has to come to every bris because he, he was Malshin. He said to Baruch Hu, he didn't think Am Yisrael were true to their bris. Hashem says, okay, you're going to come for every bris for the, for the rest of eternity. Okay, that's one idea. But suggest the Svarno. Maybe another idea. Elio is somehow the representative of HaKadosh Baruch Hu at the bris. So there's a key station Elio because it's Kavad Shechina. The Shechina comes to every bris milah because this is the covenant between this little boy and Hashem. One could even suggest, he doesn't mention it, why there's an idea of kaparas avonos, this forgiveness of sins by a bris milah, because the Kodesh Baruch is there. He doesn't want to appear to sinners. So everybody zochet to get a kaparas avonos. But says the Svarno, that's why Kodesh Baruch comes to the came to Avram Avinu here at the beginning of Ayera, because there was a bris milah, and he wanted to be there for his for his side. Okay, again, different than Rashi. Rashi quoted Biker Cholim, and he quoted when he finished the Rashi. He quoted Ramachamah Barchanina that it was the third day of his bris. Hashem wanted to see how how it was going. So says the Svarno, a different shot. Okay, moving right along. So what happens? Hashem appears Yoshev Pesach Kachom Hayom, and he is sitting there, it's boiling hot. Kechom Hayom, we know Hashem made it extra hot, so guests wouldn't come. But Avram Avinu, as Ramosha Feinstein writes, had more pain not having guests than he did his pain from his operation. Kodesh Baruch Hu says, I can't have him in more pain than that, so I'm going to send him some guests. Avram Avinu looks out, he lifts up his eyes, and he sees. There were three men that were standing near him. Vayar, and he sees, Vayar, it's the croissant, Pesach, me Pesach, Oel. He runs to them. This is post-op. And he's still running. Vayishtachu Artsa. And he bow, they, 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 they bow down. Vayishtachu Artsa. It says the word Vayar two times in the Pasuk. Rashi picks up on that. The first is Vayar of, and he saw. The second is the Vayar of, and he understood. Vayar sometimes in the Torah doesn't only mean to see, but to understand. Even in English sometimes we say, oh, now I see it. Because seeing is also sometimes understanding. That's the double Vayar. But Rashi points out here, who are these people? Who are these Shloshan Hashim? So Rashi quotes the famous Chazal, three angels. 
Three angels. Why three angels? Do we ever have anywhere else in the Torah where more than one angel appears at a time? Right? We have one angel fighting with Yaakov Avinu. We have a Malach Hashem appearing in front of the donkey by Bilam. Most of the time, there's only one angel in the story. Here, all of a sudden, we have three angels. Three angels. Why three? Says Rashi, because there were three jobs to do. Three different jobs to do. One to announce to Sarah that she was going to have a baby. And one to overturn Sodom. That was going to happen soon. After Avram Avinu was unsuccessful in his bargaining. And one to heal Avraham, to give him a refuah shleima. What when we wish somebody refuah shleima? Me, the Kadosh Baruch Hu should come and be merapeh. She'ain malach echad osa beishlichios. Because one malach can have two jobs. If a malach b'mahuto is a force of Hakadosh Baruch Hu created by Hashem to do a job, so he can't do two. Every malach has its own force, and that's why throughout the Torah, the malachim that appear have one specific. Matara job, and that's why they all appear singularly. Continuing Rashi, Tedelacha, I'll prove to you, Rashi says, that each one was there for a specific purpose. Shekin kola parsha hu mazkiran balashan rabim. Throughout the entire parsha is rabim, vayishtachu, they bow down. And verachatsu raglechem, in plural, all of you should wash your feet. And he says, v'achar bazlev achasadu libchem. Avram talks to them in the plural. Vayomra, and they said, Right, it's all in the plural, Rashi points out. And, But when it came time to tell Nasara, Vayomer, Lashen Yachid, Shov Ashuv Elecha, Ubahafi Chastom Hu Omer, and also when stone was overturned later, Kilo Uchal, not Lo Nuchal, Uchal, I can't do anything. Lovilti Avchi. That's part one of Rashi. Three malachim because two mal- one malach cannot do two jobs. Very famous problem with Rashi is the very next line of the same Rashi. Rashi says, by the way, Virafael Sharipa es Avraham, Rafael, the malach Rafael, that healed Avraham, Halach Mijam Lot. He went to stone to save Lot. Rashi is screaming at us. Figure me out. I first say one one Malach can't do two jobs. That's why you needed three in the very next line of the same Rashi. By the way, Raphael healed Avraham and saved Lot. He said, escape. You also see there, one was Matzil. And the question that all the Mepharshim ask, starting already with the Rishonim. Right, on Rashi is, according on the Chazal, it's not Rashi's fault, it's the Medrash. Right, so what does the Medrash mean? If one Malach can't do two jobs, say, how did one Malach both heal Avraham and save Lot? So, we've discussed this question in the past. Let's see the words of Rabbeinu Bachai this year. Says Rabbeinu Bachai, and then a similar idea we'll see from the Maharal in the Gur Aryeh. Tosus deals with this. I'm going to give you the Tosus. Tosus is Bamatsiya, Pevav. But we'll see it from Rabbeinu Bachai. Says Rabbeinu Bachai, Ra Bechushayin. He saw. Says Rabbeinu Bachai. Top left, source number two. Shlosha Nashim Nitzavim Alav. He saw the Hosef Shainis Lashan Vayar. Another Vayar Lavarki Hosef Liros Beinas Seichel. 
First was the re'ia, vision, and second was the eye of our minds. The hisbonein, by Mvikir, Shem Malachim, he realized who they were, and he had to help them. Amalachim, Elahayu, Michael, Raphael, and Gavriel. The three Malachim that, that came. Skipping down a couple of lines. Umasha Amr, Rabbi Hussein Uzal, what Chazal tell us? He quotes it from Chazal. He had Rashi. He was a Talmud of the Ramban. The Ramban had Rashi. Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar had Rashi. Masha Amr, Rabbi Hussein Uzal, Ein Malach Echad Oseshte Shlichuyos. The Rabbanan say that one Malach can't do two Shlichuyos. So how is that if Raphael, who healed Abraham, also went to save Lot? So how is that possible? Isn't that a violation? Lo Amru Ella Kishahim Zeh Hefechzeh. Doesn't really mean that one Malach can't do two jobs. A Malach can multitask. Okay, a Malach can multitask. He just can't multitask if there are opposite tasks that need to be done. Shahare HaMalach HaMamuna Al HaRachamim Lo Yitachin Sheyaseh Din Shehu Hifucho If there's a Malach of compassion, he can't be the Malach of strict justice. He can't do both at the same time. If he's having Rachmanis, there's Midas HaRachamim and Midas HaDin. They can't be one and the same. Says Rabbeinu Bachai, that's the problem. It's not that Hashem wouldn't send a Malach to do two Shlichuyos, but they can't be opposites. And the Malach, that's Din, right? The Malach HaMoves, the Malach, whatever, the serious one, he can have be do something that involves compassion. But if they're similar, he could do many things at one time if they're all the same kind of purpose. So you see, the Malach Michal did two acts of chesed. Two shlichios of chesed. He says that Michal did the two. Right? The uh, Rashi had said, Raphael did the two. Not for now. Just Rashi had said, Raphael, who healed Avram, went to save Lot. What does uh, Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar here say? Michal, who was the one who told Sarah, that she was going to have a baby, he was the one to save. Sarah naturally shouldn't have had a baby. Lot naturally shouldn't have been saved. So both of those are similar types of tasks, says Rabbeinu Bachai. That's why one can do both. So why don't you just let him do the third one? Rafua. You could have could just sent two malachim. Let him tell Sarah, Maisa Chesed, and heal Avram, Maisa Chesed. Says the Rabbeinu Bachai, very fascinating line, Ki Yaakov Chesed hu, halav didei hu. V'ayamasik b'zei gvulo shel Raphael. This Hasagas gvul issues. Raphael is the doctor. Raphael is the one that heals. Just because you also happen to be doing some Chesed, so you also want to cover this one, no, no, sorry. Rafal's the one that's here to heal. Michael, you could do two great acts of chesed, but don't, don't step on my turf, says Rabbeinu Bachai. So that's why Michal did the two, and Raphael did the one. Again, against the Rashi's understanding, where also there was an overlap, but in a different way. Every malach has its own uh, expertise. Kiko mishpato el yonim mimashakasav oseh shalom bimromav. Hashem makes shalom amongst the angels, 
he makes sure there's no Hasagas Gvul issues with their with their jobs, and therefore that's how there was not a violation. That is one formulation, and most of the answers to this question is it wasn't really two different jobs. That's most of the answers. So Rabbi Bachai's formulation is they can't do opposite jobs. The Maharal also asked the question, and he gives two other answers, one based on a day in Tosfis, and one his own answer, which is similar but a little different uh, emphasis. Says the Gur Aryeh, source number three. First he quotes the days of Tosfis. Maybe that's the Pshuto. You one mala can't do two things at the same time. What did Rashi say in the first half of Rashi? Quoting Chazal. Hashem sent three because, you know, they're all there. They're all there to heal and to announce and to turn over stone. Was that really at the same time? A little bit afterwards. But three jobs. After you finish your job, you can do another job. So maybe that's the next line. Once he was healed, whichever Malachah was, Rafael and Michal finished telling Sarah or healing Abraham. So then, you know, he, he, had free, he was free. And therefore he could do it. Okay, that's one day of Vizeino, and the Gorai doesn't like that one because then, as we just pointed out, just send two. Turning over stone was afterwards. DM Cain, betray Sagi, two should be enough. Lorapos Avraham, Vielchumisham, Asoshneim, Shlichus Acheres. So that's answer number one, but it was rejected. Vyesh Mitartsin says the Gorarye, others say, Dirafua Vahatsala Chada Milsahi. This is a popular answer. Why, how was Raphael, according to Rashi's version, able to go save Lot? It's basically the same idea. It's not two jobs. Healing and saving are both saving a life. So it's basically the same shlichus. That's why he was able. He wasn't switching. What was Rashi's Lashon? The Raphael that healed Abraham went to save Lot. Maybe that's Rashi's point. Right? It's the same shlichus. Right after saying, he could only do one job. A second idea, Gur Arya doesn't like that one either, because the Gur Arya quotes from the Gemara. Michael, right? The way Rabbi Bachai had it. There's a way Rashi has it, there's a way the Gemara has it. Michael Shabisara Sarahaya Holik Lahatzalaslot. So it's great in Rashi, but it's not great in the Gemara. So Venera says, Rabbeinu Bachai, let me tell you what, I, says the Maharal, let me tell you what I think. Venera, line number nine. Kimine shlichus heim gimel. There are really three categories of jobs. Again, similar to what Rabbeinu Bachai said, but not exactly. There are three types of jobs that a Malach could be sent to do. Ha'echad, hutova gemura la'asos chesed. Complete, unbelievable tov, chesed. Someone who's not going to have a baby in the natural realm is going to have a baby. You can't get a better nevuah, you can't get a better announcement than that. A tova gemura. Number two type, the total opposite. La'asos din vera'a gemura la'abed u'lahashmid. Destruction. Kalia. Wiping out. That's another job. Those two are extreme jobs. Birth and destruction are opposites. But those are extremes. But then there's everything else in the middle. Vashlishi, kemomimutsa ben shneihem. Middle type of jobs. Ulekayim kodavar sheyiyem kuyam. Help people living life. Kemo shu derech hanagas ha'olam. Hakadosh Baruch 
has to send malachim every once in a while to to help people out. Says the Gurarye, that is exactly what Rashi means. Three malachim because the original three had three very different job categories. One was birth, one was death, and one was about life. The one that was about life could continue doing things about life. There could be a malach that has a couple of jobs. That's fine. But it has to be in the same category of job. Hashto levaser asara litain la ben, shu chesed gomer litain la akara ben, to give a barren woman a son, so hayam alachacha, that's one. Velafo cheston hayam alachacher, that's two. Shu ivod avod vekilo yom lagamre. Ularafo says Avram, shu yuchalichios, to heal Avram, umalachacher, that's not any, that's not extreme. Somebody needs a refuah. Okay, he's an old man who needs a refuah, but that's part of life. Part of life is healing. It's good, but it's not the extreme type of good in terms of birth. Right, you should be able to survive this sickness. So that's similar to what Lot went through. You should be able to survive this difficulty. He was alive and he was being saved. The Maharal puts that into the category, the middle category. And that's why it's similar towards the end. That's helping somebody out while they live. Same categories of malachim. Good, the Rambam talks about, and I give it to you, all the different levels of malachim in Helchaz Yisodia Torah, what malachim are. But either way, there are, there are kochos that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends to us to, to perform different tasks. That's the message, the background message of all of these ideas. So ultimately we had, I think, four altogether, four approaches, how to answer the question, one from Benu Bachai, two earlier in the Maharal, and the final one that he has, the three different categories. Okay, let's continue now. So what happens? Avram, the Malachim, come in. Remember last week we uh, mentioned Avraham Avinu is the source for Emor Ma'at Vasehar Bey. Avram says, I'm going to give you a little bit. And he gives a ton, and he learned that from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, by the Brisbane Abbasarim, Vidon Anochi. But we have Avram rushing around, giving them food. I'm going to give you some food. You'll eat to your heart's content. Great. Do it. We're excited. He's running around. He's running to the Bakar. He finds a nice juicy cattle. Wonderful food for the angels. Question. There was another time in history that somebody tried to share a meal with the angels. And that is by Shimshon's parents. Remember the story in Sefer Shoftim? The Malach appears to Eishas Manoach to forecast to her, you're going to have a son and you're, he's going to be a Nazir and you're going to have to take care of him and he's not going to be able to drink wine and she runs to her husband and her husband says, what? I believe you! And they dive in and the Malach appears to them again and the Malach appears to them again. Right? The Haftorah for Parshas Naso. Source number four in the bold print. Vayomer Manoach el Malach Hashem. In that story, Manoach says to the Malach, in Perak Yud Gimel, this is, in Sefer Shoftim, Nazran Oscha. Let's, you know, could you hang out a little bit? Stay with us a little bit. Vinasela Fanecha Gedizim. I'll make some meat, I'll make a nice barbecue. 
And, you know, we'll, we'll dine. Vayomer Malach Hashem El Manoach. Al Tatsreini Laocha Balach Mecha. Sorry, I, I can't stay. I'm not going to eat from your bread. Vim Tasem. If you want, Ola Lashem Taolena. You can give a carbon Ola. Kilo Yada Manoach Ki Malach Hashem Hu. Manoach didn't realize who the Malach was. Well, neither did Avraham. So the question is asked, why is it that by Avraham, the Malachim had no problem eating? We'll stay, we'll eat, we'll join you. Avraham makes the offer, and the Malachim acquiesce. The Malachim say, fine, we'll join you. Manoach, same story. No, sorry, you can make it into a carbonola. No, I'm, we're not going to stay to eat. What's the difference? Okay, Avraham was greater. Avraham was, but still. So what's going on here? So it says the Be'er Moshe. Be'er Moshe, you have Be'er Moshe, Yechiel Epstein, in his commentary on Navi. There in Sefer Shoftim. A little shout out for the Navi Shear on, on the OU website. We're in the middle of Shmuel Bays, but feel free. A parak, a Shear. It's in the archives from the beginning of Sefer Yehoshua. But anyway, it says the Be'er Moshe here in Sefer Shoftim. Yesh Lovari, yes, the Kasha. Masha Ana Hamalach, im Tatsreni Lohucha, Balachmecha, Shenire. It appears that there's a reason. I'm not going to eat from your bread. And even, what does he mean? I'm not sticking around, so I'm not going to eat your bread. Also, why do he tell him, you know, just give your meat as a carbon ola? Why ola? Ola is all given to Hashem. He wants to have a barbecue. Let him at least offer and advise a carbon shlamim. Shlamim, we know everybody gets a portion of a carbon shlamim. So why does the Malach tell Manoach these instructions? Says the Ber Moshe, the secret is our approach to Hachnasas Archim. And it's how we really have to fulfill that mitzvah. This is the Parsha, Hachnasas Archim. We learned it from Avram Avinu. But says the Ber Moshe in a very biting and sharp way, what is our kavana when we have guests? What what is our mindset? What's our mentality? Manoach and Avraham both wanted to give covet. You read them psukim quickly and not carefully. There's no difference between them. So what's the difference? The secret of Achnasas Archim is that the host, we, if we are Zochet to be the hosts, we have to try to give what the guest wants and not what we want to give. Our focus has to be on the needs of the guest and not what we want to present to them, what we want them to have. The Balabayas has to go to the root of the of the what the Oreach would want. Ula Haskil Litovaso To do what's good. Not what he thinks, what he guesses. What he guesses about his guests. Kiyitachain. It's possible, just as an example, if the guest comes in and says, you know what, 
I'm just in the middle of making this five-course meal. You know what? Just sit down for a little bit. I'm just finishing with the steak and I'm finishing with this. And what if your guest is starving? He needs to eat something right now. You're busy making him this fancy food. Just give him a piece of cake. Give something right now. Or maybe he's in a rush. Maybe the guest is in a rush. Or to put this into, you know, modern day, you know, maybe the guests don't like lawn schlep drawn out meals. And it's not our, ours to say, well, they accepted the invitation and they knew we had very long meals. If I know that my guest is not so interested in a very long meal, so what if I am? Or vice versa. Right? If I know my guests like to schmooze a little bit, so I shouldn't rush it. Whatever other side. We have to know our guests, says the Bear Moshe. Maybe he's in a rush. He can't stick around so long. That's the secret of the difference. Now let's look back at the Psukim. Avram Avinu. It's a strange Lashon, says the Bear Moshe. What does he say in Pasuk I'll get you some bread. That's what he says at first. Doesn't say anything about the meat. He sees a bunch of strangers. He's like, quick, guys, guys, come here a minute. Let me give you some bread. Visa'adu libchem, and you'll eat achar tavoru. Then you can leave. What does he have to say that for? Right? Does a host ever say, you know, come eat and then you'll go? I mean, and then you'll go. Of course I'll leave. When he wants to leave, what are you kicking him out? Achar tavoru? No. Avram realizes that they might be in a rush. He's not going to say, oh, wait here. No, he said, let me give you some bread. You can't say no to bread. You can't say no. Quick little bite. Come in, mach bracha, piece of cake. Right? Fine. Do it. Because he was in there. He was focusing on them. And then what Abraham do? Vayimar Abraham ha'ol al sara. Vayomer, mari, quickly. Shlosim kemachsolos, lushi. Vasiyu goes, quickly. Make the ugos, the chulu, and they start making all the food. But then there's an amazing Rashi, which we don't always pick up on the significance of the Rashi. Rashi says, and he takes this and he takes that. Rashi says, on uben habakar asher asa, asher tikain, kama, kama shetikain, every little bit that he prepared, amti va'isi kamayu. He brought it to them. It's like a Rashi we usually gloss over. What's the significance of that? Is that so nice also? It's mechubad. You're giving, a, you know what? Okay, this is ready. Here, take it. Usually you like it to have everything to be on the table. And then, okay, let's eat. No, this is ready. Oh, quickly bring it to him. This is ready. Okay, give it to him. Because Avram realizes they might be in a rush. Avram doesn't know who these strangers are. I, I, if they say, you know, it's okay. I can wait. Okay, then fine. But that was Avram's mindset. That's why he's rushing and rushing and rushing. Back to the bear Moshe. Milanu Godome Avram Avinu Alavashalam. Shekiye Mitzvazu Bishlamus. Avinu did this with completeness. Viklal Lobikesh Lazarus Archov Velasos Lafneam Gideizim. He didn't even say, I'll make you some meat. He did that while they were eating their bread. He didn't offer, he didn't want them to feel uncomfortable. Vechopaslachem, Misadu Libchem. Why do you say that? Achar Tavoru. Line 15. L'chorosh, l'omen animus. It's not really such manners. Derech Eretz. Let me give you some bread, then leave. Do me a favor. 
No. Avram Avinu Biroso. He sees that they might be in a rush. So that's why he does this. And that's why Rashi says, Kama Kama. What about Manoach? Manoach said, no. Let me make you a barbecue. Who says they want a barbecue? Who says they have time for a barbecue? Right? Why the barbecue? Because Manoach probably wants to eat some of the barbecue. Says the Be'er Moshe. So you know what the Malach says? Line 26. Manoach lo'asakach. Elo amr lo'malach nasro'zoscha. Stop here. Relax. Va'amtena chenaspik lachin suda gedola. Well, let me wait to make you a big suda. Gede'izim. What does the Malach say? No, no, no. You're focused on you a little bit? Just give it as a carbon ol if you really want to do a mitzvah. You want a mitzvah to be really kvot shamayim, you can give a carbon ola. That's why dafka a carbon ola, because that's focusing not on yourself. Line 31, ha'olai kalil, ve'ein ba'achilas adam, ra'achilas mizbeach. Mizkavin lirmoz lo. He's being hinting to him. Ki hu she'en ochoshish la'achil archa rak l'chvodo, e'en aroi la'achriv shlamim. You get a piece, but if you want to really do something proper, the Malach is giving a little Musser to Manoach, you have to, you should give a carbon Ola. That's the secret of the difference between Manoach and Avram. But for our purposes, it's tremendous Musser. We always have to be focused on our guests. We always have to be focused on what they're interested in, and they may be making offers. You want to stay, you want to go, not making them uncomfortable. Whatever we think the guests would want, not the Atarecha Kamocha, because sometimes we like things differently than our guests. But whatever the guests would want, we have to take that into account. Okay. Moving right along. So they eat, and then the Malak goes, Sarah, you're going to have a baby. Just to point out an interesting conversation. We're not going to explain it at all. Right? What happens? Hashem says to Avraham, she says to Sarah, she's going to have a baby. Sarah laughs. Hashem says to Avram and Pazik Yud Gimel, Lamazet Why did Sarah laugh, saying, I'm so old. Right? Is 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 there is there a wonder? There's going to be a son. So so Hashem says to Avram, Why'd she laugh? So I said, No, no, I didn't laugh. Well, who's she kidding? Avram Avinu, right, is being told by Hashem that she laughed. Sarah says, I didn't laugh. She's trying to, to cover something up. And then what does Hashem answer? Vayomer, look, no, you did laugh. Unusual conversation here. I'm just pointing it out. Right, I can look at them afar. What's the significance of, of this give and take of Sarah trying to deny it? And Hashem says, no, 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 you're wrong. It sounds even chas v'shalom, childish. It's not. There's obviously something deeper here. But uh, I'll just leave that as a question for now. But let's continue, though, now a couple of sukim later. Says Hashem. Now we are right after this story. Now we're up to stone. Hashem Amar. Hashem says to himself, Am I not going to tell Avram what I'm going to do? I'm going to destroy a whole city and not tell Avraham. How could I not tell him? All the nations of the world are going to be blessed in Avraham. I have to tell him. Why? Why is it so important to tell him? The Pasik tells us, Because Avram teaches my children all about me. Capital M. Avram is the greatest teacher in the world. 
V'shomru derech Hashem, and he teaches them to guard the path of God. La'aso saku mishpat. L'man avi Hashem al Avraham, he says, you're love. Hashem says, I have to tell Avraham, because he tells everybody about me. And that's when we have the start of the conversation. Vayomer Hashem, the za'akav stone v'amoraki rabah. It's terrible. The, this, the cry has come up, the medrash about whose cry it was. Maybe it was the, the daughter of, of Lot. Question. What is the connection between not telling Avraham and Avraham teaching everybody about God? What's the exact connection? Hashem, I have to tell Avraham. He tells everybody about me. Ma inyan ze Okay, Avraham's a great tzaddik. But what does that have to do with hiding what he's going to do to stone from Avraham. So two suggestions, both quoted here in the Mayana Shel Torah, first on the Chassam Sofer, and then the Avnei Azza. First on the Chassam Sofer, he asks this question, What is the, why is that a reason? Baram. Two creative suggestions. Number one, Baram Hasiba Lehe'elem Yediyazem Avraham. Why asks the Chassam Sofer? Didn't Avraham have Nevuah? Okay, he wasn't on the level of Nevuah of Sari Imenu, Chazal say. But he was also a Navi. He didn't have any clue about Stone. He didn't have any clue that this was going on in Stone. How did he not? The fact that Avraham didn't know, says the Chassam Sofer, Al-Af Heyoso Navi, Nuutza Bazer, you know why he didn't? Because he didn't, wasn't sitting home meditating and thinking about God. You know what Avram spent this time doing? Kiruf. He spent this time, you know, his whole day talking to people, schmoozing, schmoozing about God. You know, many times, Rebbeim and students and rabbis. Rabbis spent so many hours counseling. Avram Avinu had to counsel the world. He was the only counselor in the entire world getting people to believe in monotheism. How much time that took. See, he was so busy. Says the Chazam Sofer, he didn't have time to be misbodate. He didn't have time to totally have so much time directly to be in the zone of Nevuah. He even adds, maybe that's why he was tough el to Sarah. Because Sarah was more at home. And she had more time to be directly connected to HaKadosh Baruch well, uh, Even though Sarah Megayeret says Hanashim, that's true. But he says that just in passing. Volachin, so what does Hashem say? The only reason Avram doesn't even know what I'm going to do is because he's working for me. So is that right not to tell him? The only reason he doesn't know himself is because he's doing good things. Hashem says, Amar Hashem Yisparach, HaMechazani Avraham. Is it appropriate? She'echasemi menu as hadavar azeh. That I have to tell him because you know why he doesn't know about it? Because he's busy teaching my children. One idea. But then you have the second idea, which which anyone, any teacher out there, any teacher, Rebbe, or any educator, and all parents are educators too, will appreciate. Says that Avne Azel, quoted here in the Mayana Shel Torah. Every experience in life could be used as an educational tool. Everything that happens to us. You know, many rabbis go through life, every experience is like, oh, I could use that as a drasha. 
You know, even if something totally goes wrong, okay, at least I got a drush out of it. You know, that's the attitude sometimes of, of, of Rabbanim or Machanchim. That's a great story. I'm going to use that. It's not just that we go through life and like things happen. But we want to be able to use it. It, it affects us. The Pritzadik writes in one place, we mentioned it in Dafyomi recently, whatever happens to a person, whatever somebody witnesses, he witnessed for a reason. Why am I here at this time and I saw this happen? Because the Kodesh Baruch Hu wants me to see it happen and wants me to figure out a message from it. Says the Mayana Shotor. Machanech tov yodeya. Any good educator knows. L'natzel et ha-hit rachshuyot ha-chayim ha-yom yomiyim l'to'elat avodas chinucho. Every educator and every parent who educates their children knows that experiences in life could be used for educational purposes. Daily, daily um, experiences. When anything happens, even especially difficult, challenging situations, those, those at the moment, you can't always focus on it, but after it occurs, you could say, okay, I'll use that. Every Maizim Tobin may be a or something evil happens to somebody bad, whatever it is, they could be used as models, as stories for our students and our children. Avram Avinu spends his whole life, he was the educator par excellence. He was the first teacher in the world. Moshe was Rabbeinu, he was our Rebbe. Avram Avinu, though, was the first. He was the Machanech, right? And he's called the one that Hashem loves because of this Pasuk right here. Ki because I know that he's going to teach my kids. Says Hashem. I'm not going to tell him why I'm destroying, I'm just going to let him destroy stone. Do you know what he could use this? If I tell him that I'm destroying stone because they're evil and then stone is destroyed, you know how he could use that to influence people? You know how much he could use that prophecy and fulfillment to affect others to believe in, in, a, in a divine ethic, to affect others to believe in monotheism. I'm going to hold that back from him? That, that's, that's taken away some, so a great lesson. That's what the pshat is. Ha-mechasani me'avraham, line 21. I'm going to withhold this great story? Bob Ishoi, he teaches my children. He is the great leader. This is a great story. He could use this all the time. If I tell him beforehand. And that's the connection between the two psukim. Okay. There's a lot more here in the Parsha. Obviously, we have the stone. And we have the daughters of Lot, as we've discussed uh, in past years. We have the wife of Lot that turns around and becomes an Itziv Melach. The daughters of Lot, we mentioned the, uh, the unbelievable story from Ramosha Feinstein a couple of years ago about the man in his community that had a vision of the, of the daughters of Lot. But this year, let's spend the next couple of moments talking about the event in Parshas Vayera, and that, of course, is in Perach the Perach the Akedah. The Akedah. We're going to have a couple of points, four points, I think, on the Akedah to round out this, this evening's shear. This was the hardest, most challenging test. Right? It was it. 
According, there are many different countings of all the different we've shown him. What were the ten tests of Abraham? What was a test? What was not a test? A couple of them are agreed upon by all. A couple of them are argued on. Everybody agrees the Akedah was a test. And everybody agrees, L'chora, that Akedah was the ultimate test. Ask Rav Yeruchim. You haven't seen his words uh, recently. Source number six. Ask Rav Yeruchim in Das Torah. The Mishnah tells us in Birkei Avos. Basar Nisyonos Nisa Kaddish Baruch was Avraham. Ten tests. Hashem tested Avraham. Ulechora Yesh Lishol. The question could be asked. Ask Rav Yeruchim. If Avram Avinu was on the level of passing the Akedah even years before when he got the earlier tests, and this was the test that proved everything, so why didn't Hashem just do this test first? What did he have to go through all the other tests for? Just do this test. Right, if, I, if, if a teacher could give his students four tests, but the student is, could already get 100 on the fourth test, which is the hardest one. What do you give him the first three tests for? Just give him the hardest test. He'll get 100. That'll prove him. That'll prove to him. That'll prove to everybody. Why need 10? If he could do the hardest one, he could do all of them. And also, just do the last one. So you might answer technically, well, part of the test is to have a 37-year-old son. He's so old and he loves him so much already. And then, you know, he wanted to wait till he got older, right? To sacrifice a five-year-old son is not the same as sacrificing a 37-year-old son. The relationship is that much deeper. Okay, that's one answer. But the Rabbi Yeruchim gives a different answer. And maybe if it doesn't apply to Avraham, it applies to us. Ma'isa avo simen labanim. Amnam. Yisod gadol tzarech ha'adam leida ulahavid b'darech ha'avoda. We have to realize something about ourselves and about anybody we encounter. Avram went through tests, but we all go through tests. Why not just the, the hardest test? It says Rav Yeruchim, many times we or others around us are full of contradictions. Full of contradictions. We can be unbelievable in a certain area of life and we can have difficulty in other areas of life, both in the spiritual realm, both in the mitzvah realm. We can be amazing at one mitzvah, or two mitzvahs, or ten mitzvahs, and maybe not so amazing in regarding other mitzvahs. Says Rabbi Yerucham, that's the way it is. Sometimes you find, obviously there are some people that have perfected themselves on all levels, but you find often, says Rabbi Yerucham, Shebahar Pratim Hu Adam Gadol Amiti. In certain ways, in certain details, this man is an unbelievable person. Uve Prat Echad Hu Katan But in this one specific issue, he has a lot of difficulty. Difficulty. Ukshiroim Anu Bo Kal Elo Astiros. Sometimes we can look at somebody. He has so many milus, but he has this problem too. Or we look at ourselves. Right, we we could be great in certain areas, but we have difficulty. We could do this, and we could do that, we could do that, and we can't get to dominating on time. Right, or we can't uh, control our temper. Or we could be great, but there are inner contradictions. We're a giant and we're lowly. We try to explain it. We try to well, we give excuses, we give defenses. 
says of Yerachim, there's no defenses. That's the way people are made up. Just because I'm successful in one area of life doesn't mean that that automatically means success in other areas of life. We have to work on every specific area. Don't try to be metarates. Right? We're not there to be metarates. Right? What does Chazal tell us? He quotes from Sanhedrin, right? Also in Brachis. What do we say in Shema? We love Hashem. What does Chazal say? Because some people love their body more than their money. Some people love their money more than their body. We discussed that a couple of years ago. How is that possible? Somebody loves their money more than their body. Right? So their body more than their money, but you see there are different types of people. Right? You can have somebody who's unbelievable, but he loves his money. That's how Hashem made us. Hashem made us. We're complicated beings. We can be successful in certain areas, but not in all areas. We can have such a lowly state that the other person can't understand. Yes, no, Adam is you can have one type of person who can't even fathom why people get angry. Like, why? Like somebody who is so even keel. They never get angry. They can't understand it. And that in that same person that never gets angry, he won't give a dime to Tzedakah. There's no stira. It's a different area of Ruchnius. It's a different area of Avodah Hashem. That's the Mitzius. Zeline 19. Hashem didn't give one job. He didn't make us like robots that if we succeed, we're done. No, there are so many different areas and we have to focus maybe at different times of our life or differently we try to focus on all different areas. That's why Avraham, who is the model for all of us, because he is the first Jew, Hashem didn't just give him one test. Even if it would have been the hardest test, our life is full of tests. Our life is full of challenges. Avraham passed all different kinds of tests. You know why? To put it into his DNA that we could succeed in all kinds of tests, in all kinds of emuna and, and various areas in our avodah. Not just one. Because that's life. That's human nature, says Rav Yeruchim. And that's why. If we succeed in one area and not succeed in another area, we sh- that shouldn't depress us either. It should say, I did great in this area, let me move on. Right? What does is, what is, uh, the, the Chazal say? Tamidei chacham and marbim shalom ba'olam. You could be a tamid chacham, but you have to be marbim shalom. And if you're not marbim shalom, then, then it affects your being a tamid chacham. But... It's possible that maybe you can be one, not the other. Rahman al-Islan. We have to try to do our best in all areas. Okay. That is point number one about the Akkadah. Point number two. Point number two says Rabbeinu Bachai. Something that we've touched on in past years, but this will lead us into the next thought. Rabbeinu Bachai asked the question that Rabim asked. Rabim Shoalim. Many people ask Rabbeinu Bachai. Next page, source number seven. Eizemeyem Gadokocho. Who had the harder task? Who is it harder for? There were two people involved. We call it Akedas Yitzchak, but it's called the Test of Avraham. So who really had the tougher job? 
Was it Avraham or was it Yitzchak? And he says, I've heard both. Yesh Sha'amru, line three. Some people say, Well, Avraham had a harder task. Why? It's much easier for somebody to give their own life than to have to kill their child. Yitzchak gave his own life. To kill your child? It's, it's, an, it's much harder. And says Rabbi Bachai, because if you wouldn't say that, why didn't Hashem just tell Avraham to kill himself? Why did Avraham kill his child? Or have Yitzchak do it. So, Yesh Omrim, that Avram's test was bigger. line seven, and others say no. Maybe Yitzchak's test was bigger. Why? Because Avraham heard it from God. Torah Shebichsav. Yitzchak did it based on Emuna. Avram told him, this is what God wants. That takes a deeper sense of submission. So both opinions are, have validity, says Rebbe Bachai. I like the first shot, he says. I think, I like Avram being bigger. Shahare Yitzchak. You're right, Yitzchak didn't hear it from God, but he heard it from Avraham. Avraham heard it from God. What, he's making up a story? So I like the first shot. Avraham's test. But let's think about this test a little bit deeper now, exactly what the test was. There's so much been written about this, but let's just add in one beautiful point. One beautiful point. Just look in source number eight. In the Otsuras HaTorah, not on Chumash, but on Chodesh Elul. So there he has a couple of pieces on the Akedah. So he quotes something from the Kleisenberger Rebbe. So he quotes, what was the goblus of Avram Avinu being okayed his son? What was the goblus? Throughout our history, many Jews, we've been forced to sacrifice, we've been forced to give, we've been forced to be Moser Nefesh, and yes, you could say, he doesn't say this, we're adding this in, you could say that Avram did it, and that gave us the power to do it. We only could do it throughout the past 2,000 years because Avram did it. That's definitely one idea. But explains the Kleisenberger Rebbe, maybe there's something else. Maybe there's something else. When Hashem gave the command to Avram, as we know, what does he say? Kachna, as bindcha, as yechidcha, Take your singular, only child that you love. You know what the Klesenberger Rebbe says? At the moment that Hashem said that phrase, that you love, Hashem put into Avraham the deepest, strongest love that there has ever been in the history of the world for Yitzchak. That you love to make the test even harder. That's what he did by Asherah Havta. If Hashem says, I love somebody, I'm, I love somebody. There's an unbelievable love. There has never been such a love for a parent to a child. More than at that moment, Avraham for Yitzchak. He didn't hesitate. 
he did it right away. Not right away. He was ready to do it right away. And even adding on to that, the Targum Yonasan ben Uziel on the Pasuk, he quotes it, says, when Avram took the knife, he takes the knife and he's about to shecht his son. The Yonasan ben Uziel says, line 15, Avraham's eyes were looking into his son's eyes. Avraham was looking at Yitzchak. Where was Yitzchak looking? Yitzchak was looking at the Malachim that were on top. And we know they were, they were crying and that went into his eyes and that made him blind eventually according to one of the Pshatim. Avraham was looking at Yitzchak. Yitzchak was looking at the Malachim. Why wasn't Avraham looking at the Malachim? Why wasn't Yitzchak looking at Avraham? Why was this the image that we have? Let's read the Yonasim and Uziel. Yitzchak was looking up. Yitzchak Yitzchak saw them. Avram wasn't looking up. He was staring at Yitzchak. He was staring into Yitzchak's eyes. Why? So he quotes from the Imre Emes. When Hashem says, Kachna es bincha, Unbelievable. Take the son that you love up to the Mizbeach. You know what Hashem was telling him? Take your son that you love. Don't leave your love off of the altar. Take the son that you love. Take with all that love. With all the love that you have for him. Bring that love up to the Mizbeach and shecht him anyway. Kachna asher Avraham wanted to fulfill the mitzvah b'milua. He didn't take his eyes off of Yitzchak. So he kept that love strong. He kept looking into his eyes in a longing way. Hatzivoy line 22. Don't leave your love. Don't, don't try to smother your love and try to pretend like this is just an animal. No, it's your son that you love and do it anyway for me because that's what I commanded you to do. And that's why he was looking at his at the uh, at, at his son's eyes. He was looking at Yitzchak's eyes while Yitzchak was looking at the Malach. Okay, one final point for the evening. One final point. The following thought is somewhat of an enigmatic thought. It is a tragic thought but it is so creative and so beautiful at the same time. You know, what to do with this thought is, is there for all to take, but it is a, uh, some might find it troubling, others might find it exhilarating. But it is a thought of one of the greats from Rav Salvechik. Let's see what he has to say. And it ends off with a reason that I think is uh, very inspirational, though, as I said, it is somewhat tragic. There is only one story in the Torah about an Akedah. This is printed, by the way, you have it on page 4 and 5. It's printed in a, in a Torah journal from uh, Yeshiva University called the Beis Yosef Shal. It used to come out in the old Kolal Elyon. So there was one a number of years ago, Tavshin Nundalid, back in uh, 1994. So it's printed in there. It says Rav Salvechik, there's only one Akedah in the Torah. That's what we know. We know Akedah's Yitzchak. In his view, there's another Akedah. Somebody else also went through an Akedah with a different result. Line 4. Kulanu yodim al halvaya akod shel Avraham. 
Ach ein anu samim leiv, she akeda butza gam al yide Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu also had an akeda. Efshar, says Rav Salvechik, she akedaso shal Moshe ayoma vinoraa mizu shal Avraham. And it could be that the akeda of Moshe is even starker. Let's just say also an unbelievable one, if we don't want to compare. Why? Avram Avinu, when he was about to do it, he was told, you don't have to go through with it. Al tishlach yadcha el hanar. Moshe Rabbeinu never, had to, never got that allowance. What's going on here? What's he talking about? Let's read a medrash. Line 11. The Pasuk tells us in Shmos, Vayikra elav alokim ito chasneh. Hashem calls Moshe from the burning bush. Vayomer Moshe Moshe. Vayomer hineni. Vayomer Hashem says, "I'll take Rav Halom. Don't come close to here. Shal nalecha me'al raglecha. Take off your shoes." Says the Medrash. Vayomer hineni. Hashem says to Moshe, "Are you here? Hey, I'm here." Hineni lekahuna ula malchus. Bikesh Moshe. She yamdu imenu kawanim umalachim. Moshe requested at the burning bush all between the lines, Kohanim and Malachim, from his progeny. Hashem says, I'll take Halom Sari. That's not my plan with you. You're not going to have kings. That's for David HaMelech, Shevet Yehuda. You're not going to have Kohanim. That's for your brother Aharon. Lo yilucha banim akrivim. Shekfar misukenes hakohuna laran achicha. Halom zumalchus. You're not going to have either. Moshe Rabbeinu himself, the Medrash continues, he himself at one point was able to be the king. Moshe had the status of a king. He was the status of the Kohen Gadol during the Shiva Simehami Luim. But what exactly is the message of the Medrash? He was asking for something and he didn't get it. Says Rev Salvechik. Moshe Rabbeinu asked for Malchus. He asked for Kahuna. But what he was really asking for was something for his descendants. He was asking for a Yerusha. He was asking for something in the future. Moshe saw Baruah Kadsho at that moment. He saw the whole plan. Hashem says, you're going to be on our Sinai. And you're going to bring the Luchos down. You're going to be the Nosdena Torah. And all of a sudden Moshe says, but what about Kahuna? What about Machos? What's Moshe asking for? It says Rav Salvechik, Moshe Rabbeinu is asking for his personal family. He's asking for his sons. An unbelievable question. We know a number of times throughout Sefer Bamidbar, throughout, even before that, the list of Am Yisrael, they're all listed there. They're listed who, who went up from the Mitzrayim, the list of the Levim, Sheva Levi is listed. Moshe Rabbeinu's kids are never listed. Ela told us Moshe Aaron, and only Aaron's kids are listed. And they even say the ones that were died. Where's Moshe's, where's Moshe's kids? He had two boys. Where are they? Why aren't they listed in the families of Levi? Says Rav Salvechik. Because Moshe was who he was. Because he was the no Senat Torah. And we'll get to why in a second. He had to give up, not biologically, but any real connection with his children. He gave up his connection to his wife for the good of Klai Yisrael because Hashem appears to him in every second. That's not the goal of every Jew. But it had to be Moshe Rabbeinu because he was a unique individual. One of the animamins is that he is unique. 
says Rav Salvechik, he also had to give up his children. Giving anything to his children. Not even Malchus at Kahuna. But that was behind the request and that was Hashem's answer. I'm sorry. I wish, but I can't. Why? So says Rav Salvechik now, turning the page. Because Moshe brought the Torah to Am Yisrael. Every single Jew is equally connected to the Torah. There can't be anyone that says, oh, my father. There can't be anyone that thinks that they have a stronger connection to a Torah than another Jew. They're more mitzvah. Moshe being the Nosein HaTorah had to basically forfeit for the good of Klal Yisrael, just like he had to give up regular married life. He had to. Line 16. He was everybody's Rebbe. And this is Chas V'Shalom. This is not meant to be duplicated by any other person in history. This is not Chas V'Shalom saying that, oh, if I'm a rabbi, I can worry about Klal Yisrael and not my kids. Chas V'Shalom. Our kids are our first priority. But Moshe Rabbeinu was different. Moshe Rabbeinu, according to Rav Salvechik, he had his own Akedah. And he never had a Malach saying, Al Tishla Yadcha El Hanar. Because he was the No Saint HaTorah. Hareyu Avim Shal Yisrael, look at his words. The Kol Yehudim Yesh Chelek Shaveba. Osir She'echad Yisyachi Seilav Yosir Menasheni. No Jew is closer to Torah than any other Jew. Es HaSefer Torah Shel Moshe. Moshe gave the Torah to all Jews. And that's why, similar to what happened to his wife, had to happen to his children. Was it a tragic event on a personal level? Yes. But was it something that was needed for the good of the clown? Yes. So it is difficult, but it is inspirational. Because every Jew has an equal connection to Torah. It doesn't matter who I am. And it also helps us appreciate who Moshe Rabbeinu was. And maybe that's why on a human level, he was bargaining with Hashem at the snare. I don't want it. I don't want it. Maybe he personally is like, I don't know if I could do that. And Hashem says, you're the one. You're the, you're the Rabbeinu. You're Moshe Rabbeinu. And your children are going to be with Klai Yisrael. Even later on in the Navi, he calls it Ben Menashe, not even Ben Moshe. But that's the secret in Moshe Rabbeinu's children not being listed, and that's the Akedah. The Akedah of Moshe, which was also awesome. Somebody who was ready to give up his personal family life for the good of Klal Yisrael, for the good of the Tzibur. And we find that Moshe Rabbeinu, with Mesiris Nefesh, is, is, is mind-boggling. 40 days and 40 nights, family, this just adds to our appreciation. Okay, we'll stop here. The second Akedah and Medashem will continue Medashem next week as we get into Parshas Chayisar.